0: So here we are then, week two of the reset. I've called this morning, we're all in, for reasons that I hope will become obvious. We reminded ourselves last week that at the heart of the Old Testament is a moment when the people of God get powered down from their mission and they end up in lockdown in Babylon. And it's the beginning of a great reset that God does with his People And we began to draw some comparisons between our own situation at the moment in lockdown and what we can learn about the ways that God might be seeking to reset us in these days as we look towards the future. I promise you that we will explore so many of the books of the Old Testament that address this particular time in Israel's history. It is a dominant theme for the second part of the Old Testament, and it's going to take us to all kinds of places, prophets like Haggai and Zechariah and Zephaniah and Malachi and Obadiah and Nahum and Jonah and Esther, all. All of these cover this huge period in Israel's history when they were powered down, but then they were powered up and rebooted as God's people. It was the great reset. And we too are experiencing this powering down. It's not that the church and its mission has stopped, but our rhythms and our gatherings have been unplugged right now. We're in a lockdown of our own. And so in that sense, we too are being reset. We will be relaunched as the people of God as we move out of this season into what will become for all of us a new normal. I want to stay in Isaiah, though, for a couple of weeks, and then when we hit Lent, we're going to dig into an incredible vision at the heart of the book of Ezekiel, and then we'll pick up uh, what all these other prophets have to say, probably beyond Easter, I suspect. So an exciting journey ahead. So here we are this morning, then, in Isaiah chapter 49. Now, the people that Isaiah is speaking to are people that are in lockdown. They have failed in so many ways. They're feeling useless. They're feeling like God has abandoned them. And the question that's hanging in the air for them is this. If God was going to reset his mission in the world, who would he use? You see, they couldn't imagine that God would use them because they felt like God had abandoned them. They felt like they'd failed in their faith. They were a long way from home and and, and they felt useless and, and couldn't understand how they could be any use to God and his mission. And maybe we can relate to that. If God is going to reboot His mission in the world, who's He going to use? We perhaps can't imagine that He might use us. We've been scattered. Because of this pandemic, our buildings have been closed for almost a year, effectively. We've uh, been separated from uh, the kind of rhythms that we would normally enjoy. Perhaps we feel useless, locked away at home, not just for days, but for weeks on end. And we can't imagine that we could be of any use to God in his purpose right now. It's into that situation that the prophet Isaiah is speaking. Who will God use? Who will be at the centre of the reset mission of God? That's a great question, isn't it? It was a great question for them and it's a great question for us. Who will be at the centre of God's mission after this great reset? Well, Isaiah begins to talk about, in several uh, passages in this whole chunk of Isaiah, he begins to talk about the servant of God. It's the servant of God who will be at the centre of God's reset mission in the world. But who is the servant? You will know, maybe, that... In the uh, Acts, the story of Acts in the early church, there was this story about the Chancellor of the Exchequer of Ethiopia travelling from Jerusalem, heading back home in his chariot. And Philip the evangelist, it says, sprinted and ran alongside the chariot. And the chancellor was reading these verses or a section from this part of the book of Isaiah about the servant. And he says to Philip, so who's the writer talking about? Who is this servant? Is it himself or somebody else? It was a great question. Who is this servant that will be at the heart of God's rebooted Reset mission in the world. Well, if you read in the verses that we have before us, you will see almost immediately that the servant of God is a reference to the people of God, to the people of Israel. I just pause there for a moment? Because that's an incredible truth, isn't it? The people of God who were locked down in Isaiah's day, they felt like they were useless. They felt like they'd been scattered. They felt like they were far away from home. They felt like at times God had abandoned them. Their faith was really small. They felt like they had nothing to offer. And God said to them, I am going to use you in my rebooted reset mission in the world. What an incredible truth. For them and therefore what an incredible truth for us. As God resets his mission through this period of being powered down, he will use us his people for his purpose in the world. It doesn't matter that we might feel useless right now or that we might feel in some way that God has abandoned us, that feeling that we are on our own and we are isolated and maybe as a church we've lost momentum and we've got nothing to offer. God says, when I reboot my mission on earth, I will use my people. We will be at the centre of the action. I hope that really encourages you this morning, as it does me. But hold on, there's more. The Bible, as you know, is always very nuanced. It's talking about something here, and then it's giving a nod and a wink to something else over there. It's talking about this, but it's also referencing that. The same is true here. You see, the servant of God has another meaning. The servant of God was used in the Old Testament to talk about individuals of faith. And if you look at the first few verses in chapter 49, it's not like he's talking to a hell group of people. It's like he's talking to an individual. And that's how the servant of God was sometimes referred to. Someone with faith who set about fulfilling God's purpose on earth. Can you see the subtleties and the nuance? The language slips between talking about everybody as the people of God and then talking about individuals who make up the people of God, because that's the truth. You see, when God resets his mission on earth, he will use the people of God, he will use the Burlington family, but that's not just the church over there. The Burlington family is made up of individuals, of you and me. So when God sets about rebooting his mission on earth, he'll use you and me. Because he will use us. Can you see? It's not just about them over there. It's about you and me. Who will God use? He'll use all of us. Amen. Who will God use? He'll use you. Amen. Who will God use? He'll use me. Amen. Because together we make up the people of God. And so there's this sense in which it becomes so very personal. It's not just that God will use his people. But he will use you and me in order to use his people. And look at what happens. Look at those verses. They're incredible, aren't they? Verse 1, what does it mean to be part of God's rebooted mission on earth? Verse 1, it means that we will live as though we are chosen. Is the Burlington family chosen by God? Yes. Are you chosen by God? Yes, it's both and. It's the people of God and the people of God that make up the people of God, you and me. Verse 1 it will be chosen. Verse 2 uh, look at a lovely phrase that we live in the shadow, that we are hidden in the shadow of his hand, in his quiver. I hope that brings you uh, confidence today that whatever it feels like, the great Babylonian rulers that were towering down on Isaiah's people, the great rulers of the world, this pandemic that's towering down on us, we are held in the quiver of his hand as God's chosen people. So we will be held by God and ready to be part of this rebooted mission. Look at verse uh, three as he uh, summarises what it will be like to be part of God's mission. We will display his splendour. That means the Burlington family will display his splendour. That means you will display his splendour. That means I will display his splendour. Verse uh, four, uh, we keep reading that God will do it through his own strength, where we feel useless with nothing to offer. We've been right powered down, haven't we? But yet God will step in and use his strength to bring uh, this about. And that God will honour us. And restore us in verse 5. So as we've longed to get back to what we feel like we've lost, God promises that in verse 5. He will restore his people. So as he reboots his mission, you and I, the family of Burlington, we are part of this rebooted mission of God. He will restore us. Comfort my people from last week. The sad days will come to an end because restoration is around the corner. But don't stop there. Verse 6. It will be better. Better than before, I will not only restore you; I will make you something altogether different. I will make you a light to the Gentiles. I'll restore you, but you will have a bigger better vision than you, mission than you ever thought you would have had before. So we're longing to get back to normal or to a new normal. And God says, "Do you know, what? Well, I've got something altogether wonderfully different for you as I reboot you into the mission that I have for you. And who's he saying that to? He's saying to all of us as the Bullington family, but he's saying it to you as a person of faith and to me as a person of Faith. And then don't miss verse seven at the end. The transformation that God will do in and through us, his people, will impact nations. The kings, the rulers will take notice. The church will rise up in such a way that the nations of the world, the kings of the world will become aware of what God's doing through his people. This is an incredible vision of what God says he will do when he resets his mission on earth. Who will he use? He'll use all of us. Who will he use? He'll use you. Who will he use? He'll use me. And I hope that as it did in Isaiah's day, this Picture This vision of the future will create hope and faith for us in the present. Right now, things are hard and tough and difficult. And many of us are going through very difficult days. But there is this picture that God begins to unveil before us that will one day be that we might be hope-filled and faith-filled now today and begin to live as if it's true, because one day it will be. That's what a vision does. And that's what Isaiah was doing for those people in that lockdown. Uh, And I hope that his words begin to do the same for us in ours. And just before we go, there's one last thing. It's perhaps not the icing on the cake. To be honest, it's probably the cake itself. You will know maybe that Philip answered that chancellor and said, do you know what? Isaiah is talking about Jesus. Jesus. And we often think of these verses about the servant in Isaiah as talking about Jesus. Why? Because they do. Because Jesus perfectly embodied the description of the servant of God in these verses. But we need to remember that when Isaiah first wrote them to the people that first heard them, they wouldn't have understood the full implications of them. We only understand that with the benefit of hindsight. They would have understood that when God was rebooting his mission on earth, he was promising to include them. And including them meant each of them as individuals being valued and chosen and included to make up the whole. It wasn't just the people of God in a generic sense, but it was every single person, the individuals of faith that make up the people of God who were being chosen. So as God reboots his mission on earth, do you know what? We're all in. All of us. All of us as individuals. All of us. Together and Jesus as at the center of it all, as the true servant of God who blazes the trail for us to follow, who gives us the power and the impulse to live it all out in our lives. So we're all in as God resets his mission on earth. I hope that picture of all that's coming builds faith and inspires you this morning. And lest we would forget, Jesus said, you know what, do something. Would you do something in remembrance of me? Would you do something? Would you share a simple meal that reminds you again and again and again that with me, we're all in for the mission of God on earth? God bless you this week. And this is now going to lead us in prayer. Father God. We pray for everyone who is sick, sad or hurting at the moment. We whisper those we know to you. Please be especially close to everyone we named and may they know your healing and hope. We pray for our friends around the world, especially our mission partners. Please provide all that they need and be at work in them and through them. And we pray for one another. We thank you for each other. And we pray that you are all that we need this week. We pray for your provision of peace and of joy and of grace. We pray that you help us in whatever we need this week. And we pray that we will know your presence with us this week. That we'll know you're there in our homes and in our lives. So we thank you for one another. And we pray blessing on each other in Jesus' name. Amen.